Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Young Me Mayor. And I'm Brian Park. And oh my God, I'm loving this new format, Brian. But also I'm like, I feel like in the old format, I had time to be stupid in the beginning, but now I'm like, oh, oh I'm on. I gotta, I gotta act, fuck it. I gotta say something. I'm all about it. <laughs> <laughs> as we, as you know, we have a new format. Brian shaved his fucking head. This is a I new, did. a fresh new world for feeling Asian. So listeners, new format. That means that we're cutting the bullshit. We're jumping right into the podcast. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. You get a lot of goodies there. That's all we'll say. No, shout outs are at the end. Shout outs are at the end. Young me, I'm down to introduce our guest this week. Yeah, of course. I'm so excited. We have so many amazing things to talk about. I'm really excited for this. Your guest is a super, super, super talented singer, songwriter, musician. Listeners, give your ears to Sasami. Uh, wow, you guys brought in the live crowd for me. Thank you. It's what you deserve. <laughs> it's what you're used to. A huge audience. Well, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, no. This is actually way more nerve-wracking. Smaller, intimate, you know, intimacy, heard mm. of it? Terrifying. Yeah. Public acts of random rage? Easy. <laughs> yeah. Intimate acts of honesty? Terrifying. <laughs> uh, for the listeners Public who rage. like to tune in via YouTube, Sasami is a frontrunner for strongest fit on Feeling Asian. <laughs> Strongest fit for sure. You, I think you just won. Kamsa. There's no there's no contest. <laughs> Thank you. And like dirtiest studio space. I did not I did not tidy up, you know, just putting it all out there. I can tell it all out I can there. tell by your studio that you are successful. I feel like that's a, that's what it looks like when you're a successful creator. There's gear. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no time to tidy Actually up. Actually producing there's no time music. To tidy up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, Sasami, thanks for joining us on the podcast. And uh, before we dive into your feelings, Youngmi, how are you feeling? Shit. I'm feeling so flustered and just out of whack. I feel like I have this issue that like I don't I'm really bad at like bringing to surface what's going on. Okay. And I feel like I'm just a fucking wet blanket on this podcast i'm always like i'm depressed maybe it, okay maybe it's just focus on the positive because to be really honest with you i know i talk about being depressed and like going through like a lot of shit all the time but to be honest it's just every day is full of like joy and sorrow like half of the day i'm feeling pretty good and happy about shit and then you know it's like fluctuates i feel like that's natural but then i feel like that's on the how, podcast, this sounds keep... <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> When you what said every th every day is a joy, that was the fakest you've ever sounded, young me. <laughs> every day is a joy. Every day is a joy and a pleasure. Every day to be on earth is a blessing. Oh, this is actually we're gonna talk about this on the podcast. Good vibes only. Hey, why don't you try to why don't you try to be happy, huh? Like no bad vibes exactly. here. No, um, no, but, but I mean, to be honest, I think everyone can relate. You know, every day you have these little, like you wake up, you have a nice cup of coffee and then you're happy for like 14 seconds. And then you're like, yeah. oh my God, I'm, I have no money. And then you're, you know, spiraling for like 20 seconds. Like it just goes in waves. Um, And so, yeah, I guess I feel a little flustered right now because I had a lot of weird errands to run in the morning. Mm. But I have to say it's just, you know, it's a regular day and I'm getting by. <laughs> 
I'm drinking a regular winter New York day, which is, you know, a very specific kind of regular day. It's three hours long and then two hours of it's just picking up laundry (laughs) and I'm drinking monster energy drink. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) That's concerning. In a glass tumbler, though. (laughs) I know. I I don't know what that says, but I feel like that's how I'm feeling. I didn't even know what color monster energy drink was and I've drinking it many times. I did not know monster energy drink (laughs) wasn't green. Wait, you got to give us like an influencer view. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, if you never saw monster energy drink and you're just listening, guess what what the color is right now before i tell you what would your guess have been definitely lime, lime green, green. Yeah. no question yeah, right lime it's green not. it's it looks like semen it's the semen color <laughs> oh it's i was natural. gonna say pokari sweat semen but color. yeah semen also works <laughs> also semen colored this yeah. is a big market for semen colored drinks out there huge missed opportunity <laughs> by monster energy huge uh, Do uh, the jizz. Me, i yeah. thought I'm not going to lie. I thought something had happened to you today because yeah. I texted you and then you didn't respond for a few hours, which yeah. could just be you don't feel like responding to me. But then I saw that you were very quiet <laughs> on social media. And then that's when I started to think that something had happened to you. You're like, she's dead. She died. There's no way. Because I, I feel like there are t- Brian, I have to say, I'm going to be really honest. There are times where you like will email me something about work or text me and I'll see it and I'll be like, I don't want to do that right now. And then I forget and then I post on my Instagram stories or I'll tweet oh, yeah. and I'll be like, no, Brian probably saw that. Oh, no, no, no. Not at all. Not at all. You see, I'm just happy that you're alive and I'm concerned for your well-being. Work comes second, young me. Always. Yeah, yeah you... You have to, in, in 2022, you have to be better at gaslighting people. You can't be posting stories when you're ghosting someone. Like, you gotta, you gotta be good at gaslighting. <laughs> you can't be a mediocre gaslighter in 2022. I gotta get my act together. The bar is high. The now. bar is high. The game's changed, young <laughs> <don't we? laughs> Yes. If you're gonna be a, a shitty person, be a good shitty yeah. person, you know? Make, don't be sloppy. Yeah, you gotta tie up all the loose ends. I feel like everyone exactly. I feel like everyone does that to like their partner that they're cheating on. Like, oh, don't post on stories because she's gonna know I was out. But for me, my equivalent is just doing that to Brian because I didn't want to answer a work email. Like, don't post any stories because then I can't make an yeah. excuse. Anyway, that's some girl boss gaslight gatekeep big big energy. Yeah. And I, we love and it. Always, and every day is a joy. <laughs> Um, I think we're done here. I think we covered all the bases. We're good. So yeah, that's how I'm feeling. I'm feeling all the emotions plus monster energy drink because that qualifies as an emotion. How are you feeling, Brian? Uh, I'm feeling like a big himbo. Firstly, (laughs) I shaved my head and um, I posted an Instagram story to just like show people that I buzz my head and I got so many DMs from people asking if I was okay. I also feel like a himbo because I went rock climbing for the first time on Sunday and then Mm -hmm. I went again yesterday. I am realizing now, young man, I don't know if you knew this. Apparently, all the Asian Americans are doing rock climbing. Rock climbing is the official sport of Asian Americans. Yeah. Really? Confirmed. 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 So many. And yeah, you know how. Wow. 
Wait, where? Where in yeah, town I'm are in, you? I'm, I'm in Williamsburg. So there's a large pool of whites. So it's not like you're in an exclusively Asian neighborhood. Exactly. This is, yeah, be, the Asians Just are to get the data there. correct. Yeah, it's not they, like... Lots of, tons of Asians rock climbing. <laughs> it's not the neighborhood. So it's a safe space for us. Extremely safe space. Good to know. Very supportive. Okay. And uh, I feel that this buzzed head is just transforming my personality. I'm going to lean into the himbo. This could be a very transient phase that dissipates in two weeks. But... yeah. I want to get jacked. Yeah, I love yoked yoked Asian energy for 25 I love years. yoked. <laughs> is hot. I feel like there's so many yoked uh, Asian men, especially Korean men in LA. It's like oh, everywhere so you go, they're just Definitely. like juiced up. I'm like, what is going on? But I feel that the guns. yoked, no, but the yoked Asian men in LA, it's different. It's for like the Instagram, but then mm-hmm. at rock climbing mm-hmm. gym, tons of yoked Asian men. <laughs> But they're they don't even have Instagram. Those are that's the true energy See? we want in 2022. That's sexy. <laughs> Secretly Yo- they're, they're yoked for themselves. Secret exactly. six pack energy. They're doing it for yes. themselves. Yeah, they're yeah. trying to. <laughs> that's a. I feel like shaved wow. head uh, rock beautiful. climbing Asian is is a type of Asian, and Brian has become it overnight. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. a, a big reason why I wanted to shave my head is because uh, I felt like I was just, just caring to lice dandruff, <laughs> but I just felt that I was. I hated that I was caring how my hair looked. You know, mm-hmm. like in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I thought I would be more productive afterwards because I'm like, oh, I don't have to worry about frivolous things like how my hair falls on my face anymore. But instead, mm-hmm. I just have more time to procrastinate. Hopefully, I can get my hours <laughs> into the gym and this will be a positive change for me. I think it looks I think great. It looks great. Wow. It doesn't look like you don't look free Britney at all. Like it looks. Oh, cheap. wow. I, I got a lot of free Britney comments in the DMs. No. How dare they? Don't use our, yeah. our girls' name vein. Yeah. You know, yeah. yin and yang, young me. You're flustered and I'm feeling positive energy. Big himbo energy. <laughs> Ew. Positivity. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Um, but yeah, enough about me. Sasami, so, how are you feeling? I'm good. I'm kind of doing a similar thing. I've been like braiding my hair a lot because and like putting bobby mm-hmm. pins in and giving it very little room to fall on my face in an unflattering way. Mm. You know, I'm I'm into the just like don't give your hair options, hold it down. You know, so braids are kind of kind Got of it. like that. Mm. Can't really but have a bad hair day. When are you are you wearing Swarovski crystals on top of your eyebrows? Oh yeah. So I was bleaching my eyebrows for a really uh-huh. long time, and then. I, Finally, like at the end of this long tour, I was like bleaching my eyebrows like in hotel rooms and shit. And I was like, I feel like it's probably not good to put bleach on your face so many Mm. times Mm -hmm. a month. And so I just shaved my eyebrows. Speaking of shaving, that was my free Britney moment. Just shave, full shave eyebrows. So now every day is kind of like a, um, every day is like a choose your own adventure with the eyebrows. And love it. You know, this is like really quick production value because it takes me like 30 seconds. They're just like yeah. they're just like arts and crafts stickers. I do that too. They're just stickers, like sticker gems, you know, that you get at like a kid's <laughs> craft store. I love putting stuff like that so, on my yeah. face, but I have to say that it is a little t- and I do it, but and then it but it's so tiring because I feel like the basics are always like, "What's that on your face?" Oh, no offense, Brian. I, I know Brian just did that, but like, you know what I mean? People are like, "What's that on your face? What what's that?" And I'm like, "Oh, come on, guys. Get with the program." <laughs> yeah, I don't go out very much. People don't really like 
I mean, I guess I do. I go I go out more for like work things, right. and I feel like when you go out for like entertainment work shit, you're supposed to like look cute anyway. Yeah. So it's just they expect it. They mo- they more comment if you don't look cute. They're like, oh, after a long tour, do you like yeah. to just hide from society and hibernate? Yes. Definitely. I'm actually really looking forward to when you ask me um, what I hate right now. Oh, oh. wow. Yes. Little but I'll, teaser. I'll, 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 little <laughs> teaser. Not that I, uh, we love positivity, but I'm just, I just can't, can't wait for that specific question. No, but I, I live in LA, you know, it's like a very, a very socially based town. Like if you're going to live in, in LA, you're, you're here for the people. You're not really here for like proximity to mm. nature. Or fresh air, or fresh produce, or I mean, I guess compared to New York, the produce is better. But you know, LA is LA is like kind of a, a place where everyone has moved to be around other people. Yeah. So it's kind of a funny place to land after a tour because actually, the last thing I want to do is run into a friend at a coffee shop. Oh, like, right, right. It's rough. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> says like a good a good unwind than going to Erewhon and being upset with how expensive everything is. Oh my God, Erewhon. <laughs> Triggered. triggered no <laughs> what yeah. is it about LA it's but anyways. so stressful to socially interact in LA I don't know what it is do you know what it is I think it's the toxic positivity is what it is it's so fucking it. phony <laughs> maloney and I'm like correct if, answer I, whenever I go to LA I'm like yeah. if one more fucking person that smells like patchouli gives me like an 18 second hug I will <gasps> fucking kill and then you myself. smell like it the 18 you second smell like hug <laughs> when you're when you run into somebody and they're like and it's just somebody you saw last night and they're giving you an 18 sec. I'm like, bitch, I, d- I barely know you. <laughs> and and then and then the constant whiffs of patchouli for the rest of the day. Oh, the they hugged you. Fuck. That oh, that to me, that that fucks me I up when that. I still smell like someone I've hugged. Yeah. That's like up up there for and me. And we don't even like each other hated for things. 18 seconds worth of hugging. Let's be really honest here. No. Yeah. Not in COVID I don't like times. the smell of patchouli. You fucking disgusting person. <laughs> <laughs> then you should definitely move to LA. I feel like Brian. Brian used to live in LA. I feel like he like was thriving. He's <laughs> a ripped Asian man patchouli. who loves patchouli. <laughs> toxic, toxic positivity. Yoked Asians. We've had. I'm gonna it all. end up there. I just know it. It's an inevitable conclusion <laughs> that I just can't accept within myself. No, I was just gonna say, human humans had to like go to space to realize how good we have it here. <laughs> so you might need to go to LA to to love New York more. Speaking of toxic positivity, uh, we're, <laughs> this, uh, this is what we call uh, a transition for uh, a little inside baseball action here. Um, yeah, so. Part of our new podcast format is, uh, Sasami, we have a couple questions, and that is, firstly, this is what we want to know about you. Our first question is, you have a new album titled Squeeze uh, coming out on February 22nd, and the core mission of- I think, wait, is it the 22nd or the 25th? 20, I thought it was the 27th. I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Brian, is it 27th? <laughs> oh, God. Take, oh take that God. back. We're not professionals. Know. Let me- 25th. Oh. oh my wow. god. One of us, at yes. least one of us. Was right. One of us has it. And good thing it was Sasami. <laughs> I know it would be really fucked up if I was the one that didn't know. So uh sorry. You have a new album titled Squeeze coming out on February 25th, and the core mission of it has been described as anti-toxic positivity. Woo. Can you can you expand <laughs> on this thesis? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I just I feel like 
like anyone else who's putting out an album this year, the album was just naturally written and produced and recorded during a global pandemic. Heard of it. <laughs> so I, I feel like there's kind of a couple different ways you can go is is you make an album that is like sweet and tender and bright and positive to balance out how gnarly these past couple years have been. Yeah. One that's just really depressing and sad and in your feelings and one that's like just raging and like is going going more into the the deep dark feelings as opposed to trying to like sweep and vacuum is mm -hmm. more like rolling around in in the muck and mire mm -hmm. and so my, mine is kind of door door C door 3 muck and mire energy mm -hmm. you know so that's that's where i'm at kind of i just wanted to uh to make an album for for people that don't want to lay in bed and cry all day and also don't want to go for a hike in LA but more just want to like throw elbows in the, in their living room mm. or with like dirt dirty laundry on the floor kind of vibe <laughs> I'm so excited about this topic okay so you know Brian Brian knows this about me one of my the things that I hate the most is toxic positivity and in case uh, whoever's if someone's listening who's not like familiar with the term this is what what we're talking about isn't positivity or trying to be you know trying to look on the bright side or trying to like be strong in times of hardship and be positive that's not what we're talking about toxic positivity to me i i swear to god i consider it fascism it's like oh this like <laughs> I, I know it's getting real i'm gonna be like fascism white supremacy we're going there guys it's like it's, it's like this idea that you know, a lot of a lot of yoga people that are white do this. You know, you go to the yoga retreat and they're like, good vibes only. Don't fucking bring the vibe down. And and like on the <laughs> surface, <laughs> on the surface, it seems like a nice positive thing. Like, hey, let's all like think positive thoughts. But like if you really dive into it, it's it's uh, emotional control. What they're saying is it's like this is why I think it's like fascism. It's like North Korea, like don't be upset in front of our dear leader. Mm. Don't be sad, even though you're starving. Always smile, mm. and and that is that's dangerous. And I feel like, well, I, I know that that's like not really what you were talking about, but I feel like touching <laughs> on what you were talking about. <laughs> I was like, wait, like what Sasami was talking about. Um, this is how I read that. I think a lot of women and people that are socialized female are only made to to turn every emotion into that soft, sweet you know, kind of sadness or, you know, like this, oh, things are bad, but I'm going to try to make it better instead of being allowed the space to just be like, I'm fucking angry and this fucking mm. sucks, which is an emotion that everyone should have, should be allowed to access, you know, like even if you are a woman, like you definitely have rights to rage, right? Yeah. And, and without being, without being called like, whiny or hysterical, hysterical or toxic i feel like that is or, something that happens like you you just like go into your negativity and rage and people are just like oh she's so toxic yeah it's like, it's, it's viewed sorry so, yeah i didn't i didn't create all the badness in the world i'm just like a filter that has all the badness in my mesh mm. i think it's just yeah for me i just think that if like because I think a lot of people are confused by the conversation surrounding 
toxic positivity and why people yeah. don't like mm-hmm. it. And they're like, why is it bad to always be in a good mood or whatever? It's totally fine. I think the issue that I have with it is allowance for people to feel whatever they're actually feeling, making room mm-hmm. for that and allowing them to feel things without placing your judgment on it. You know? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, the issue that I have with it. I've, I personally, I would put myself in that camp where like I've heard the term, but I don't, I, I don't think I know the definition that well because uh, between the two of us, young me, I'm, as we've established, I'm, I could be more LA than you. So I think I do drink from the Kool-Aid a little bit where uh, <laughs> I, uh, my natural leaning, I would say, is a bit cynical and it can be like mm. somewhat negative. And so I will like fake myself into optimism. Like, does that, Hmm. but how, Hmm. like, what's the difference between like that and then like, is toxic positivity like an outward thing then that makes you feel like gaslit for feeling a certain way? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think there, there's an L, I don't think it's the same thing as like being aware of your privilege and like, I think that is, I think people confuse toxic positivity with like being aware of your privilege and that it could be worse. Mm. Like, mm. you know, I think that there's a health there's a healthy way to have that kind of energy where you're like, okay, let's have perspective and like and and be like honest about how bad it is compared to like how bad shit really is for a lot of other people. I mm-hmm. think that's like a healthy amount of like positivity or whatever. But I think right. this is more this is more like not even processing the fact that shit is bad yeah. and going uh, straight to celebrating yep. it's not that bad without going you have to you have to process it it's yep. like you you have to clean it out before it's like it's like putting something in the dryer before you've cleaned it you can't fucking <laughs> yeah. put it in the yep. dryer until yeah. you've cleaned it right <laughs> so you know you have to like process with how shitty is before you can be like okay i'm going to be okay like shit is not that bad also wait young me is your mom korean yeah. So I, I think also like anyone who's been raised by a Korean mother, I was raised on toxic negativity. Yes. You know, oh, I'm yeah. like, what is toxic? I'm yes. like, toxic positivity is some fucking white American shit because I was raised <laughs> yes. on like, yeah, shit is bad. So what? Yeah. Clean your room. And my mom. That's what I was raised on. Yeah. So I don't even understand toxic positivity. I'm like, toxic negativity. Like, that's more my speed. Yeah, me too. Exactly the same. But here's the thing. My mom would make fun of people. But then I, my, um, my sort of like correction that I had to make as an adult because my mom mm. wasn't was toxic negative like you said was because <laughs> she would always be like look at these fucking she'd always like make fun of americans she's like look at them like pretending to like each other they fucking hate each other that's so phony so i i still carry that as you just heard yeah but i had to correct myself because sometimes um people are positive and it's authentic and so as an yeah. adult i understand how i like under like ended up understanding it was like i'm i have nothing against somebody that's like an optimist or positive i have nothing against somebody that's negative Mm. it's just is it authentic and are you really like doing it or are you like sasami said like burying it and not wanting to process it because you don't want to appear like you're angry or you're out of control you know you're like digging it down different being like namaste and i'm like all right you're gritting your teeth through that namaste like what's (laughs) going on here and so i think what you said brian like you can be positive and be like, hey, I'm like being really negative. Maybe I should try to think more positive. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I just think there's an issue if it's like maybe inauthentic. Oh, 
So Yeah, and also with the like washing machine metaphor, it's like you also can't just like leave your wet clothes in the washing machine for too long. Like then yeah. it gets all moldy and fucked up. Like you do need to like then right. dry it out and like move on. And I think there's a difference between processing it and doing your own work to process this negativity and like dumping it on other people. Mm-hmm. I think that's also the thing with like people being toxic by going into their negativity. It's something that you kind of you can do with other people, but it's something you kind of have to do on your own, Right. which is kind of why I feel like having music or movies or art that allows you to have that cathartic experience with rage or frustration or sadness or negativity is really helpful because it's something you can do on your own. It's some, Or, or you can use the music or you can use the, the movie or whatever to process it as opposed to having to like trauma dump on your friends all the time. Oh, right. Got you it. know, got that's it, such a good it. analogy. Damn. I'm, I identify as the moldy wet laundry, by the way. I gotta, yeah. I gotta get a I wanna, little bit more positive. I, I want to I be a Korean mom so my outlet can just be like un- unloading on my children. And that's my catharsis. Totally. You know what? <laughs> Unleash yeah, what some toxic negativity topic. and feel good afterwards. <laughs> Yeah, what an interesting topic. I I I could like talk about this for hours. So like, so do you feel that because in your work you were allowed room to express so much rage? Like, does that help you? I'm just going by what uh, Eminem said. Does that help you become like like just a <laughs> friend <laughs> just of the pod? Regular Eminem. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows the the real Slim Shady. Marshall Mathers. <laughs> or as we like to call him Marshall. Said, <laughs> I really love quoting Eminem on this podcast. What he said was like he has really angry rap songs, but then in real life he's just like chill because he let it out, you know, in a healthy Mm. way. Like, do do you feel that way with your music? Yeah, definitely. Especially when I'm touring because Mm. I feel like my first album is way different than the album that I'm putting out now, which is like way more going into my like sad feelings Mm. and like, you know, kind of more isolated, sad, kind of longing, pining, that kind of emotional landscape. And so when I was touring that album, I felt really like, oh, I don't I don't want to like be in in the in, you know, I don't want to be like in that space anymore. I would rather be like in a in a kind of heavier space. Mm. And so like touring and being able to play these songs live definitely helps me like process so much of my my anger and frustration so mm. that I'm just like a I'm like a lint ball by the end. I've got I've got it all out. It's uh it's interesting hearing how you described your tour experience uh, or even namely your first album because uh doing some research, I think there was this like pitchfork <laughs> soundbite or whatever you call it. There was like Sasami's first album was about how she fucked a lot on tour. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, it turns out having sex is is usually sad. Having sex with a lot of people usually makes you sad. Damn. Because if you, you so know, was that, if it was good, there probably would just be one. Right there? Pitchfork's <laughs> hiding the sad shit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Pitchfork is toxic. <laughs> oh, you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, no. Definitely not first or last. <laughs> Yeah, having sex with a lot of people is sad. I I feel like when I'm single and I'm like sleeping around a lot, it's like it's like all these emotions at once. But it's like it's not just like great all the time, you know? 
It's like very volatile. Yeah, yeah my my Marshall Mathers is definitely more like Carrie Bradshaw, you know, <laughs> Sex in the City. Like the, she's she really tells it how it how it is, you know? Just because you're out there being Samantha fucking a lot of people doesn't mean that you have the endurance that Samantha has. Not all of us have Samantha energy, you know? I was cosplaying as Samantha while being way more of a kind of simpy, carry, <laughs> carry energy. So it was, it was rough out there for me. Yeah, and then, and yeah. just like yeah. that, your romantic interest dies on a peloton. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And to be friends, and just like that... <laughs> Best show on television. Fast right forward, Brian. Brian loves that. Do you like the reboot? I haven't seen it. I'm I'm I rewatching the old episode. ones. I've seen. Oh, I've seen, I already. Sorry. I mean, I already know. I, okay. No, no, no. no. Okay. You are not the first person to, to spoil that. And also, I did not expect that to be good. So it doesn't matter. It's so but, bad, um, but in a good way. I'm like, I mean, the OG seasons are like so good. They're very problematic. Yes, they're outdated. Yeah. But Solid gold. I think like I think they're amazing. I'll go on the record saying Sex in the City is is I, art. They're extremely art. watchable and that's what TV should be. So I'm yeah. on yes. board with you. Um, <laughs> right. The only yeah. three art forms we respect on this podcast are Sasami's music, Marshall Mathers, the and real Slim OG, Shady. O, OG Sex in the City. Wow. Yeah, problematic era. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, Sex in the City walked so that, like, Broad City could run. Like, yeah, for these, sure. like, more, or, like, Chewing Gum, or, like, these other these other shows where women are being, like, extremely raunchy, and yeah. we love it, you know? Th- there had to be, like, tits out Sam in the 90s or whatever for, for that to exist. So. I know. It, Pour one out yeah. for a true legend, think- Samantha. Leaving on top. Truly. That's how we all leaving on go. top. <laughs> leaving on top, watching the whole thing go down in flames without her. A true queen. She said, fuck toxic positivity. I'm gonna say fuck all of you bitches. I'm out. Totally. Cut my Wait, have you guys seen have you guys seen the YouTube video of Kim Cattrall scatting though? No. 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 I'm not going to look at that. I don't want you the guys. I don't want it to ruin my vision of her <laughs> i'm definitely gonna google that after this <laughs> so i want to wait so i want to move on to the next question because um this is something that i heard that you wanted to discuss and this is something also that i've wanted to discuss for a long time your um mm-hmm. ethnicity you are half korean and half white um which i didn't know and that could also we could also touch on that you're biracial but i i read you as full asian which is something i've experienced and it's a little annoying but i don't i don't really mind i don't know how you feel about it how, how do you feel about that cuz you said a lot of people read you as just full asian yeah i mean well cuz i'm you know i'm halfy and i have there's four of us and it's really funny because it's like two girls two boys siblings mm-hmm. and like it's so funny how the phenotypes split up like mm-hmm. two of us have like brown hair and brown eyes and kind of look more Asian. And then two of my siblings have like lighter kind of curlier hair and green eyes and like bigger nose and just kind of like different, different um, phenotypical characteristics. But then half of us get like crazy levels of Asian glow and half of Mm. us don't. And those are split in a different way. So it's like me and then my brother who has green eyes gets super red and super Asian glowy but then my youngest brother who looks super Korean and my sister who has like 
curly hair and green eyes doesn't. So it's just like weird how the yeah the uh, the the gene pool splits up. Yeah. But yeah, I my my youngest brother and I definitely got the like more more Korean um, looking features. And then obviously my name is Japanese, which is confusing. And that is a whole other podcast episode which is kind of about my upbringing in the unification church and i was named by the leader of that like movement who is a, a korean a korean guy but then all my siblings have korean names so mm-hmm. my name is sasami but then my siblings have like more traditional like young me young man young jun korean names oh. you have a sibling so. named young me Yes, my sister, who is eleven months younger than me, his name is Young Me. Oh my god! And I've never—I don't think I've ever yes. met another Young Me. Well, I was told by—I mean, my mom. She said that this Young Me is like a name for like older people. It's like Mildred in America, where like you'll <laughs> see a Young Me that's like fifty-five or something, which is Possible. interesting because the only other Young Me that I met in recent memory was I was getting my nails done and I called and I was like, "Hi, I want to get my nails done," and the person on the phone was like, "Okay, well, like, what's your name?" And I was like, "Young Me," and she was like shut up and i was like hello and she was like oh are you serious because that's my name i thought you were like prank calling me <laughs> how and it was like did, did you meet her woman. yeah oh was just like an older really? korean woman it was so interesting she, yeah my uh, my one of my cat's name is namsoon which is like a korean name that's like betty or something <laughs> too like kind of a, a like irma <laughs> my generation Wait. it's like Sorry, yeah. your internet cut out briefly. Who were you named yeah, after? Yeah, what were you saying about the past? You said something like a what? Oh, yeah. So, well, I grew up in the Unification Church, which is like, okay. oh. which just adds a whole other layer of like my Korean identity. I don't know what okay, that here, is. Here's Can the breakdown. It? Here's okay, the okay. Sasami ethnic breakdown. Yeah. Okay. My mom is Zainichi and her mom is Zainichi. So these are mm-hmm. cr- ethnic Koreans who came to Japan and were either born or raised or both in Japan during the Japanese occupation of Korea. Mm -hmm. And that was like the mid 19, like 1950, that that 1930 to 1950, Mm -hmm. like in that range. So my grandma and my mom's uh, generations in my family are Japanese born. Okay, Mm -hmm. And then my mom, when she was in her late teens, she, she went to high school in Korea also, but she joined a, church that was run by a korean leader Mm. and so then she was like in this like extreme in in japan but then moved to new york when she was like 20 like or like in her er, early 20s and lived in new york city and she's been in in america ever since Mm -hmm. so she's like very culturally korean and japanese and american and then obviously she's married to my dad um who's white and American and so and she's been in America longer than any of the other countries so she's very like culturally mixed up and growing up I just never never knew like what was Korean or what was Japanese right. like right. it was all just kind of the but same. I like how it's still at not her core white. she's a toxic Korean mom yeah exactly she never drop the <laughs> oh, toxic <yeah>. Korean <laughs> the toxic negativity a, state you can never take that <laughs> exactly. out of the you can take the Korean out of Korea but you can never get the toxic exactly. negativity out <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's the takeaway right there <laughs> um wait so exactly okay and i so this is what i i really want to know about this because the zainichi mm-hmm. thing this is what i know yeah. please let me know if this is incorrect um your so wait your mom was she born in japan yeah my okay. mom and my grandma and your so grandma two, so she was second generation japanese so what i know about zainichi is that japanese people again correct me if i'm 
wrong. Zap- mm-hmm. Japanese people are a little prejudiced against um, ethnically Korean people, and they put that on their like national ID, like that you're Sainichi, that you're ethnically Korean because of this like bias. Um, and it's like some sort. I, I've heard or seen some sort of discourse where a lot of Korean people will be like, "That's you know, it's like sort of harmful that they keep marking them as different than Japanese." Mm. Even you know, like your mom who's second generation. Is that mm-hmm. is that accurate, or what? Can you give us like maybe your sort of explanation of that situation? You, okay, here's another thing. I don't know if this is a Korean mom thing uh-huh. or just my mom thing, but I'm pretty sure it's a Korean mom thing yeah. based on my research in the. 31 years on this earth of having other Korean friends. Yeah. But my mom also just lies a lot or like says things that are like superstitious or like things yeah. that are true that you're like, when you get older, you're like, that's not actually true. Mm. You know, like, um, yeah. Like I, w- I was just having dinner with Michelle's honor last night and she was, we were talking about this kind of thing and she was saying, like, I don't know if your mom ever had this thing where, like, if you go to sleep with the window open or something, like, your lip will curl up or something. Or she had one where oh, it was yeah. like, a new one. Her, her mom said if if uh, she showed her belly button that it would, like, cave in or shrivel up or something. So she always had to go, like, just shit like that. I don't know. I think that's a Korean mom thing to just, like, be like, this is a thing. This is, yeah. And it's, it's real. Like, actually 100%. just them 100%. just manipulating, yeah. actually. My um, mom, But yeah. with, like, science or whatever. My right. mom said Anyways. if I showed my belly button, I would not be able to get pregnant, which I think is a big S- belief <laughs> in a lot of yeah. Asia. That might, that like, might have been yeah. it. Like, so I'm just kidding. When I was a teenager, I was like, yeah. Process. You're like, come. Yeah, you're like, and I'll never have a baby. Yes and yes. <laughs> no, but um, so yeah, it's like so much, so many things that my mom told me about her upbringing. I'm like, it's it's hard for me to to parse like what's true and what's my mom just being a toxic, uh, toxic negative Korean mother. <laughs> but um, she was always always talking about growing up Korean in Japan that she was like bullied as a kid and mm. like she had to go by a Japanese name because you know you're. Koreans were considered like second class citizens in Japan mm. and basically Zainichi people were this diaspora of people who were like not really claimed by Korea or Japan. Mm-hmm. In some ways Koreans looked down on Zainichi for like leaving the homeland right. and yeah. like and and obviously like in Japan um in this like imperialist nation they can they consider themselves they considered Koreans like dogs. Like yeah. Koreans that lived in Japan lived in like in ghettos, like in like mm-hmm. little mm-hmm. fabricated huts that were like made out of like plywood or whatever. And um, anyways, so my um, and a lot of Zainichi also legally weren't Japanese or Korean. They didn't mm-hmm. have like statehood for either nation. So we're kind right. of like stuck in, in this uh, weird, weird place. And it, and the laws have changed over the years for sure. I think I think now Zainichis are can be uh, legal, can choose to like legally have citizenship in either place. But culturally, I think Zainichi people typically decide they're either going to like lean into their Japanese existence or their Korean existence more. And Mm -hmm. um, so my mom is actually one of four also. And one of her siblings um, went by a fully Japanese name, like stayed in Japan, married a Japanese woman. Mm -hmm. Like he goes... And um, he actually just recently passed away, but he was like a Japanese, he was like an anime artist Mm. and producer and director and just like 
fully was like in Japanese society. And then her other siblings went by their Korean names. One of them moved back to Korea and Mm -hmm. like married a Korean. And then so it's just kind of like I think at at this point of uh, history, Zainichi people are kind of have more more um, freedom to choose like which which identity they want to lean in into more and I think with like k-pop and k-drama and all these like Korean um, like cinema like directors kind of coming to the forefront of culture now I think Korean culture is also being celebrated and mm-hmm. I think with that there's kind of more acceptance of Koreans in Japan right. for sure mm-hmm. um, right but yeah I, th- I think that like I think I didn't really understand this animosity between Japanese and Korean people growing up as much. And right. like I said, like I just, I just wanted, uh, I just wanted Lunchables, and I, <laughs> I didn't really care about Asian yeah. culture to be yeah. honest. So growing up, I was just like, that's just Asian culture, not like Japanese or Korean. And like growing up now, and like doing a lot more research on the occupation of Korea and just. You know, like my family history, I'm starting to kind of understand the, the historical landscape a lot better. Like that just reminded me that the the CEO of SoftBank, Masayoshi's son, he's a like a third generation mm-hmm. Sainichi yeah. Korean, and he became mm-hmm. like a naturalized Japanese citizen in 1990, and he's mm-hmm. I think probably the richest man in Japan. And oh yeah, my mom claims him hardcore. Oh, <laughs> my mom's like always talking about him. Oh, Masayoshi's son <laughs> and BTS. <laughs> Those are like her two stands. Her two stands. <laughs> her Marshall Mathers and uh, Samantha. Yes. Our Masayoshi song yeah. and BTS. BTS. <laughs> yes, truly. Um, wait, I know you mentioned this is going to be a whole, this should be a whole nother podcast episode, which I'm down to do. Yeah. But were you raised in the Unification Church? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my parents were like arranged married by the I leader. What? Mass married this is in Madison Moon, Square Garden. Like the Moonies. This oh, is like yeah. a crazy the one. Really? Yes. Yeah, that's the one. Brian just called your family a crazy cult. No, oh, I know, but I know they, about this. No, this is the is. crazy D- cult. That's that's a direct quote from the internet. It's Wait, not his personal. What? Oh my god, we assessment. have yeah. to know about so you were, this. This you were, is we so were, we nuts. Were unpa- we did not we know this. <laughs> we were. Yeah, yeah, I was like, wait, we got to unpack this. <laughs> Yeah. Well, let me just little little. I did not know it was called the unification. I know the pastor Moon. I know him, but I don't know the church name. Yeah, the Moonies is kind of like culturally the more the the Moonies. Yeah, Yeah. the Moonies. What was that? Wait. So they were okay. Start. Tell us everything. We have all the time in the (laughs) world. Yeah. Tell us everything. Yeah. Well, like I said, it's funny. Like growing up, I grew up in in a suburb of Los Angeles in El Segundo, California, which is like a super white, you know, blue collar neighborhood, and so. I just wanted to assimilate into white culture. Yeah. And, but then, so I, I like had this part of my upbringing that was like super like Eurocentric and super white supremacist. Uh-huh. But then I was also like in this church that was extremely Korean supremacist mm. where like mm. white people were like looked down upon. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like this funny, like when I'm at church, like being Korean is cool. When mm. I'm in El Segundo, being Korean is weird. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had this like weird, weird upbringing where where both cultures were like at the forefront of my existence and how like what your parents got arranged that that's like something that happens that i didn't even know that happened like how how did that all work finger pointing i'm pretty sure like (laughs) pastor moon yeah and i think like a big part of the a big part of the movement was like if people from different races get married and this is like a weird you know, a pretty like out there belief, but mm-hmm. especially yeah. in the 70s and 80s, like when most of the people were getting um, matched. But the the thought was like, if if people from different 
ethnicities and and cultures were to marry each other and have kids, like it would like bring world peace because there would be like, which is like you know oh, that's not how it works, but it's you know one one way of looking at it is that like a grandparent couldn't hate their grandchild. So if like different people from different places had kids together, then you know everyone would it would it would break down this these Whoa. barriers of like race. So they promoted that in these arranged marriages, like a lot of interracial. Yeah, but then also. Parents. Yeah, but then Sung Myung Moon like literally matched all of his Korean kids to other full Koreans, like no half bloods. <laughs> like, not for us. Not no for muggles. Us. Not yeah. for us. You, yeah. go, you guys yeah. go, go you crazy. Guys. You go crazy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you know, it was like yeah. a very Korean supremacist church in that way. And we had to like, I went to Korean school yeah. every Sunday, yeah. and we like did we like said prayers and pledge in Korean. So like, you know, I had this. This, and, and there was a lot of principles of like respecting adults and like you know kind of yeah. more of those eastern values were like very big in in my church existence. How long were was your family involved in that or are they still involved in it? I mean, I feel like it's kind of it's kind of like a lot of those early 70s like kind of hippie era cults or movements where they kind of died off when the cult leader passed away and there's like kind of a power vacuum with the kids that fight over it right. and I think that's kind of what happened with this movement there definitely are people that still believe deeply in the principles of it mm. and are still really committed to the spiritual element of it but I think the like wow. infrastructural establishment of the movement has has kind of died down a lot the the technical correct practice would be like then the second generation which is me like my generation were to like get arranged married to each other and like mm. and everyone oh. would be like married to people that are in in the church and then eventually the whole world is is a part of it That's, were your parents wow. ever like wanting that or expecting that from you yeah of course yeah. oh really so that was that was kind of like a a hard trailblazing thing for me to be like the first of four fuck-ups you know, so that you know, I I ran so that my siblings could <laughs> could could fuck mud bloods. Wow. wow! I always try to psychoanalyze people because I'm really <laughs> bad at it. For some reason, I think I want like I feel like that. It sort of makes sense. <laughs> it sort of makes sense for me that your mom is Ainichi, and you know that that must have been like you know confusing for her identity wise as yeah. well. And it, it kind of makes sense that I think she fell into this organization that's like Korea and you know like found a place to belong. Yeah. But like, well, it was very anti-communist too. Mm. In, in the in the 70s and 80s, they really used a lot of anti-communist rhetoric to and kind your mom, of your mom pull, was like pull a lot of people in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Definitely. I mean Koreans like Koreans post occupation were like very very pro capitalism. Yeah. I mean Korea I that's the other thing are. I feel to this day. I feel like understanding like the Japanese occupation of Korea and also like growing up since since we were born and like our generation, millennials have have been born and grown up like Korea is like kind of coming up as more of like a first world country and like more of like at the forefront of like media and culture and technology and and all that but it's new fucking money like yeah. it's new money oh, Korean yeah. money is an old money uh -uh. so that's why everyone's like designer bags fancy Balenciaga cars whatever like, toothpaste yes exactly <laughs> yeah. because it's it's new money it's yeah. like yeah. the Beverly Hillbillies energy you know where you're like so what <laughs> you're we've established like, oh, yeah, is money. Koreans <laughs> toxic negativity Beverly Hillbillies nouveau riche embarrassing with their Balenciaga we're really we're really you know doing <laughs> doing a good for Korea today I don't give a shit well if no, you love if you love all. something if you really love something you shit on it happily that's you true know? you know because exactly at the end of the day you still love it <laughs> 
Whoa. But it, that's this why it's, is... I feel like that's why Koreans are so funny though, because they're so like, they're so embarrassing. I say this very lovingly. They're so <laughs> embarrassing, you know? <laughs> like, totally. Once I went to Korea for work, so they let me stay at like the Park Hyatt, like the fancy one in Gangnam. And I was like, wow. And like all the Koreans there were so embarrassing. It was just like, Look, if, like, I'm not gonna. You know what? Just edit this out. I'm, I, I'm taking it too far. But, but you know coming in hot with this hating ass energy. <laughs> Guess what? Out of nowhere, Surprise. I hate Koreans. No, I mean we had to endure Korean moms calling us fat our whole upbringing. So you know, oh my it, we, God. Ha- we gotta get our we gotta get our due now. Oh, yeah, well, no, but I, out on them. I just think it's it's. It, it's just been really eye-opening for me to like understand the historical context of Korea's position in the West and mm. in the East. Like un- just understanding how the new money thing works, and also mm-hmm. like why BTS is like like truly my mom is obsessed with BTS. Like she knows mm. every single member, mm. how old they are, what their whole like career trajectory was before they joined the band. Like <laughs> which ones the sensitive ones, which ones the dancer. Like just knows everything. And there's wow. like this serious sense of pride for Koreans mm-hmm. because they're like they're like we used to be like we used to be shit on on like Japan's shoe and now we're yeah. like we have like the most famous band and like Samsung and blah blah blah. Like they're I, there's like a lot of nationalistic pride for Korea because it's like this new kid on the block. Yeah, and I think understanding the history makes me understand the energy of like the like super materialistic kind right. of part of Korean culture, which I didn't really, which was always like kind of funny and endearing, but it's like more endearing when you think about it in like a Beverly Hillbillies kind of way. Right. Does your mom <laughs> do the toxic comparison thing, especially since you're also a musician, where she's like, "Have oh, you ever no. thought about?" incorporating dance choreography like BTS does <laughs> into your act. Oh, definitely. Oh my god, my mom my mom will like really shamelessly be like, "You know, I think that you're a really good songwriter, but you should probably have like cuter, younger, like better dancers that like sing the songs for you." Oh my god. <laughs> like, oh my you know, god, and it like comes yeah. from a place of of like of like n- like not trying to be rude, right. but trying to like genuinely help you. Like, yeah. let, let me just give you my real, my real opinion. Like, she's toxically <laughs> negative for, you know, for the win. Let's uh, let's dive into the second <laughs> yes. act of our podcast. Sasami, what are you yeah. loving right now? Honestly, loving. I'm loving being Zainichi. Like, yes. just to keep going on this topic. Let's just like keep going on this. I, let's do it. I think this is like a very. Um, this is a very like 2022 millennial in their 30s energy like going deep in your family history mm. and like and like trying to understand where your like bad qualities and your good qualities and like your relationship to your family like how that ties into their their older generations of your family. I feel like deep diving, like especially in the pandemic where like I was seeing mostly my family and not other people, like mm-hmm. I went really deep with the family history and like and like under especially because as we've talked about my family history is very like confusing mm-hmm. um like like racially and culturally because my mom was like Japan, Korea, America. Right. Like mm-hmm. she's just she is like kind of a, a mix of all that. And then my harmony lived in LA for like the last six years. And she 
had a kimchi shop in LA and she like lived in this back house in my parents' house. So she was around a lot too. So I was spending a lot of time with her in the last couple of years. She just moved back to Korea, like at the beginning of 2020, like right before the pandemic mm-hmm. kind of hit. Mm. But yeah. And then, and so like kind of as, as I was working on this album, I was like getting really into Japanese and Korean art too. Mm. And like kind of understanding, I mean, I, I think that a lot of, um, a lot of, being an artist during also the like racial uprisings that were happening in America and like mm-hmm. the protests and everything is also understanding like how to connect to like your honest cultural identity and not and, and just like understanding appropriation more. Mm. And so I think like understanding like how appropriation was is such a big plays such a big part in like music and culture made me want to de- dive even deeper into my own culture. Mm. And so as I was making this album, I was like, okay, this is definitely going to be an album where I'm really like focused on, on my, my family and, and my family's culture yeah. and everything. So it all just kind of like tied together at the same time. I love that. I, yeah. The, I like the, the, the yeah. anti-toxic positivity, the like Japanese and Korean like culture and art inspiration. Like, so it, it all kind of happened at the same time. So I'm loving it. Yeah. I I can relate um, because you know even when you were saying you know like the Koreans their new money like sort of thing, and like that kind of gives them a weird advantage. I feel like that's why their media is so popular because most of the world mm. lives in abject poverty, and like if they had money, they would buy the Balenciaga underwear. Do you know what I mean? So they like <laughs> yeah. see Koreans doing that, and they're like, "That's exactly what I would do." So I think BTS speaks to that <laughs> portion of the world that the West fully right. doesn't understand because white people have been okay for so long. Um, but mm. I was right, right. But that like totally white people are more like let's go, let's do, do like agriculture, let's like do cute like let's buy a farm. like uh, <laughs> physical labor, and and Koreans are like fuck no, I'm going to the spa in my Balenciaga underwear. Yeah. <laughs> white like, people, these hands like, will never have calluses again. Better. I feel like speaking of toxic positivity, I feel like white people when they're rich enough, their entire existence uh, leans on pretending like they are the solution when they are the problem you know what i mean yeah. like the organic Definitely. food people the like goop the like yoga people and i'm <laughs> right. like bitch you yeah that's fine that you have an organic ra- raspberry farm but your dad is the owner of exxon like what the fuck <laughs> right you know, like your your wealth is based on the fact that the earth is dying like you did it now now they're like no i I'm I'm vegan, you know, like it's just like, <laughs> right. So I compost. Yeah, I compost. So it's like fine that my grandma had slaves. Yeah, like, that's fine. No, I, I that's compost. not how it works. No, you you're you're the reason. Oh. And then they're all like, oh wow, look at Asians. I guess they're buying Balenciaga. Well, you could have sent that money to starving children. Shut the fuck up, okay? Right. The children are there yeah. except you. Anyway, um, right. So but, but I was gonna say I I relate the big arc of my family history with my own personal because that's like i see similarities in how the nation or like the people of korea act and how i act you know what i mean because i like also like you know i grew up negative and poor and now that's like it's my wild it's my secret hand because that's like (laughs) yeah that's why i feel like i can relate to people and that's my appeal to other people you know yes Mm. yeah it's it's your roots yeah and i see that parallel and i feel i feel like because Okay, I feel, hear me out on this. I'm going to okay. process this out loud in real time. Okay. I feel like with your family, you take the neg- negative aspects, but then also you have, you, 
you get to go really deep with the positive aspects or anything good that you get from it. So with with my family, with my mom's background, I'm like, okay, I was like told that I was fat and also had to finish all the food on my plate. So I had to deal with that Korean baggage (laughs) from my mom. But she was bullied by Japanese people. So I can now appropriate Japanese art. You know, mm. so you that's go. kind of where I am. I'm like, okay, so <laughs> this one, go- yeah. you know, you have to, you have to like leverage everything that you can out here, the best that you can. Fully, um, I'm fully behind that. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, Sami, what are you hating right now? You said something I, in I the was beginning. Cr- wow. Go into her notes. Oh, oh, L.A. <laughs> kind of hating L.A. right now. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> what are you hating right now? Wait, wait, what was it? LA. Oh, LA. (laughs) Oh, yeah, LA. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I feel like LA is such a hot spot right now. Everything's like so expensive and Mm. like, and very like, it's just like, it's like Disneyland for adults right now. Every good restaurant is crowded. It's hard to find parking. Rent is so fucking expensive everywhere. I don't know. I'm just kind of, kind of hating LA, but my family's here. So it makes it so hard to leave, you know? But it's like, it's like not only is there toxic positivity, it's also like sunny all day, every day. So it's like the physical manifestation of toxic positivity <laughs> is also there. It's like that you sun know? that's like rotting all the fruit off the vines. But like on, yeah. on surface level, you're like, it's a beautiful day. And meanwhile, there's maggots swarming and all the fruit. Yes, Sorry, exactly. I got really poetic hot, there. Hot trash energy. Well, I guess actually hot trash is kind of more your, your guys' thing, but you know what I mean. It's just like, it's just like, um, w- winter is nice in LA, I will say. Like, mm-hmm. right right now is a nice time to be in LA, but um, I just like, I don't like to go out and get a coffee and like run into PT Anderson and like 20 models. Sometimes you just want to like get a coffee and, and just be around ugly people. I feel like you that's know? why I find that so much so relaxing. You know, do you ever go to, obviously you just came off tour. Oh, yeah. You know, when you're like in like who who the hell knows wherever and you're like, yeah. I'm going to go to the Walmart. Oh, this is so nice. Fuck yes. I go oh, to the yeah. Ralphs and Alhambra all the time. Yeah. <laughs> At like midnight, just strolling the aisles. Uh, LA. <laughs> looking for answers. Seems like a horrible, horrible place. Filled with people like <laughs> ourselves, young me, where we just name dropped <laughs> our friend Marshall. By first name. <laughs> but that's you just LA him? all the time. So cringe. Oh, LA's yeah. cringe. I was going to, I'm just getting coffee with my friend YM. Who's YM? Oh, Young Me? Young Me Mayor? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Last, I was in LA. Oh, do you want to hear? Okay, one funny story before we move on. I was in LA like, I think it was like, I don't know, a month or so ago. And I was, I, I can't, I, on two separate occasions, overheard somebody on the phone talking about their, tiktok uh like plan of action to become famous on tiktok and i was like i need Mm. to i need does anyone have like hard (laughs) drugs like i just need to not yeah yeah i gotta respect the strategy and operations yeah they're strategizing (laughs) yes people are shamelessly cringe out here dude uh, like la is like a cringe neutral place or like cringe, cringe is like flies free. Bot, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. They gotta be. It's bad. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> but I also like obviously growing up here and just being in a place that's so culturally diverse. Like it's it's 
it's hard to like want to move somewhere else too. Like the places that are in nature are just so devoid of any culture that I don't know if I could mm. if I could hang mm. with that either. You know, like Maine and Vermont or something. They're so right. beautiful and nice, but then it's like I know what you mean. Yeah, the only sushi they have is like grocery store sushi. Yep. Like, I don't know. I, just, I don't know. <laughs> I know that that struggle. life either. I think your problems, yeah, with LA are very valid because you're somebody from LA, and now it's like you're almost like feeling like pushed out you know and which is you know every, yeah everyone yeah. talks about that so yeah yeah and that that comes from like a really privileged place i mean the actual right. reality of gentrification and homelessness in la is also fucking gnarly yeah right and so i think i think that's part of it too like for growing up and and being really like disgusted by how the the tech movement in san francisco was causing all this homelessness and gentrification and then it kind of being so real in LA right now also is kind of just disturbing. Right. <laughs> I live in Williamsburg. <laughs> <laughs> I live in Chinatown. Uh, honestly, we're, we are the gentrifiers. Listeners, if you want to hear Sasami's answer to our next question, you're going to have to go to our Patreon and subscribe at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. Sasami, what is something that you're ashamed of? Something that I'm ashamed of. Oh my gosh. So much. <laughs> So much. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Okay, let's move on to our last question. Um, so Sasami, before we let you go, thank you so much for joining the podcast. That was like such a fun episode. I loved all everything that we touched on today. But um, our final question is: What's something that you're proud of? Proud of? Okay, wait. I, I have to check too. I don't know why I can't. I can't remember. Check the notes for my emotions. She's like, oh. I'm, I'm really proud of my team I, yeah. over at Domino Records. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out. I gotta <laughs> shout out my mom, God. Um, no, I think, I, I think I'm honestly like pretty... This is also like so fucking LA. God, I'm so LA. I'm ashamed of being from LA. I'm ashamed of living in LA. That's what I'm ashamed of. No, I feel like I'm proud, proud of myself for like uh, kind of slowing down a little bit. I feel like... Um, and like maybe being a little bit har less harsh on myself lately. I feel like um like okay, when you grow up in a in in a house, oh my god, your Sorry. dog is so fucking cute. Sorry. I don't know why it's she's doing this pain painfully cute. She's like <laughs> kissing you. I don't know why Aww. she's doing this. She's looking my face. You can't see. Wait, what were you saying if you grow up in a Oh yeah. So like when you when you grow up in a house where your mom is like is like fat shaming you mm -hmm. while also like feeding you so much food that's like high in salt and fat and sugar mm -hmm. and making you eat it all mm -hmm. like that weird dichotomy when you grow up like that you just grow up with like an automatic complex mm -hmm. where you're basically just never good enough in any sort of way mm -hmm. and um have shame for like the opposite thing so you're basically just like gr gr you're, you're bred to be like a shameful person mm -hmm. and i feel like um I feel like growing up, I, you know, was I, I studied classical music, which was a very like Korean approved activity mm -hmm. and a very like Korean approved uh, college major. Mm -hmm. But then I obviously transitioned into being a rock musician, which is like very different. And um, and so I feel like I had to prove myself by like just working super fucking hard and like being the, the best that I could be and like constant, like very hustle culture-y. Mm -hmm. And I feel like lately I've been kind of slowing down and focusing more on like being healthy and, you know, being, being less toxic, but in a way where I'm like doing the whole laundry cycle, mm -hmm. you know, right. not, not skipping any, any of the, the steps. And I feel like, 
I don't know. I just feel like it's like weirdly hard to do that. And I feel like yeah. like how you know how we're like shitting on wellness. Yeah. Cuz it's like so easy and funny to do. Yeah. But also like it's good to be well, you know. So that's that's where I'm at right now. I'm proud of myself for finding finding a good balance of like wellness but for the right reasons. And still being able to like take the piss out of it when yeah. when need when need be. But G- goop only after you've done all your work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like what you said, young me, where it's like, like now that you're a parent, like you realize like it is good to set boundaries and it is good to like, you know, like the kind of sh- the kind of shit that you like forego as a as a Korean kid where you're just like, oh, I'm just going to let all this shit be toxic. Like, because, you know, that's just how Koreans are. That's just how mm-hmm. my mom is. That's just like how it is. But it is actually good to like question like, wait, is that actually fucked up? Like, should I not be OK with my mom fat shaming me mm-hmm. as like a mm. fucking teenager? Like, that's actually not OK. And so yeah. trying to like find find the balance of like being like accepting your family and accepting your culture for all the like toxic elements while also like being like a good goop bitch mm. and like yeah. you know airing airing the yoni or whatever sunning the perennium the proverbial perennium I I feel like that's like a really big feat and I think that's very worth being proud of because I think about when I was younger And I was caught in this pattern of thought that I still see people that are, you know, my age and older caught in. And I look Mm -hmm. back and I'm like, that is, that is like amazing that I was able to break out of that. Do you know what I mean? Whether it was, whether Mm -hmm. it's people that are caught in toxic negativity or toxic positivity and can't and are unable to see that it's actually passive aggression and not actual positivity like people Mm -hmm. that are caught in those sort of and obviously i have a ways to go in order to like sort of more better become you know who i really feel is authentic or a better version of myself but i do look back and i'm like wow it's amazing that i like did process out of that and i i feel like so i relate to you finding the balance Mm -hmm. with like kind of accepting accepting shit that you can't really change and that that is like a part of you like if you're if you're raised by that kind of way of thinking like it just is a part of you oh yeah part of your your fabric right so like you don't you also don't want to like abandon it no yeah you know i uh, you know i identify as the wet moldy laundry and that's (laughs) never gonna go away (laughs) it will it will a little bit but not fully yeah right yeah where can our listeners find you and your work online it's in all the the usual suspects: Spotify, Instagram, YouTube, Google, etc. Sasami rhymes with salami. S a s a m i. The only sasami in the world. <laughs> yeah, actually, there is like an anime character oh. who's pretty hot, really? and like my 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 Korean side is like I have to beat her in like SEO. <laughs> like I have to like beat her on the Google search. That's been my whole like career objective. <laughs> is when you type sasami that my face shows up first. So. That's where I'm at. So <laughs> you heard listeners, go check out her website so Sasami can be the top Sasami on Google Please. search results. Exactly. <laughs> I love you how you're in a petty competition with an, an anime character. <laughs> Negative I Koreans know. for the win. <laughs> she's uh, she's skinny. She has good skin. That's, that's like, a tough competition is... <laughs> there. <laughs> it's tough, you know, but I, I wouldn't be a good Korean girl if I didn't have some toxic negativity. A nemesis. <laughs> All Korean women need a fucking nemesis.
Yes, exactly. That's our superpower. We're like professional petty supervillains. <laughs> For good, uh, maybe. Young me, where, what about you? Where can they find you? Um, YM Mayor on social media, Young Me Mayor on TikTok. I don't know if there's another Young Me. Oh, obviously there's like I think there's like a, a actress or and possibly like a K-pop star. And I recently found out there's a K-pop star named Mino, which is my son's name. So his oh, nice. dream. I think my plan for his future is to beat that k-pop star in the search engine yeah yeah and as a good korean mother you better start planting that competitive seed in your child early how about you brian where can where can our (laughs) listeners find you on social media uh you guys can find me at it's brian park and don't even try that the seo is a mess brian park there's just so many there's like eight thousand so dentists eight thousand brian eight thousand and plastic surgeons in pasadena named brian and they have park. more social media followers than me it's it's a fucking mess so don't like even a professional golfer <laughs> um you definitely should just put like 69 or 420 at the end i feel like most most good korean uh you know People if I was going to be a good career, I would be Brian Park 777. Our homeboy, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. No, Chunsa 1004. It means angel. Brian Park Chunsa. I love My mom that. Um, <laughs> it's time for some Patreon shout outs. Thanks for listening to the end. Yeah, thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon. We love you so much. Don't forget to come to our Zoom happy hour. This one for this month's past already, but we'll see you in February. Who Tell us our first shout out of the week. Brian, who is it? Uh, shout out goes out to Lisa Wen. <laughs> Lisa. Lisa. Okay, I'm getting like, I, I think that Lisa is a name that belongs like of from an era, like the 80s. The hairspray crusty mm-hmm. bangs. I see this person with big hair. Love it. Lisa, thank you for supporting the podcast. Next shout out goes out to Kevin Shea or Sia. I I think it's Taiwanese. Kevin Shea, Kevin Sia. Kevin, you go to the club a lot and you always get a table. And shouts out to you for keeping alive the tradition of nightlife bottle service yes. the nightlife baby yeah <laughs> keeping them in business woo next shout out goes out to millie chan millie your name might sound like you crochet sweaters in your free time but no you are a professional roller derby bad ass biatch Oh wow! I think that's been the most. Accurate I know, right? Shout There's out. No the that that's There's no way that that's not true. There's no way that's not not true. <laughs> shout out goes out to Steve Huang. Steve, you live in San Francisco. You work for Google. You drive a Tesla. You own a you house. Rock a Patagonia vest. Fifteen million dollar house. But the most important thing is, you are loved. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So thank you for spreading the love. <laughs> and our last shout out for this episode goes out to Alicia Choi. Alicia, you know, we all know you were voted valedictorian of your class, but good on you for keeping keeping uh, popular all throughout your adult life and successful. How do you do it? How do you have it all, Alicia? How? Teach us your <laughs> ways. Thank you so much for donating to our Patreon. We love you. And thank you again, everyone, for supporting the podcast. And if you're interested, check out our Patreon. (laughs) 
and follow our podcast at Feeling Asian Podcast on all socials. And yeah, if you made it this far, thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye. Annyeong.